Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Reed. Well, for the second time in a few months, uh, LeBron James and Los Angeles Lakers have broken the Houston Rockets. Uh, for those who are unaware, after the Rockets' 117-100 to loss to the Lakers on Tuesday night, James Harden said the following. I love this city. Um, I literally, you know, have done everything that I can. Um, you know, I mean, this, this situation is, is, is crazy. You know, it's something that uh, I don't think can be fixed. So, um, yeah, thanks. Now, we all knew Harden wanted out of Houston. Uh, those were reports that came out over the offseason season. It looked like for a while there that Harding was going to get traded to the Brooklyn Nets, and then we heard things about the Philadelphia 76ers, and all of a sudden his list expanded to the Milwaukee Bucks, Miami Heat, pretty much any contender that had a second star. And nothing came to be. And, you know, I can't blame the Houston Rockets for that because historically these trades, you know, where you're paying, you know, 80% for a superstar just doesn't work. You know, these trades where you're getting, you're sending a star and you're getting, you know, an above average role player and you know some other pieces that just that never seems to work and i mean there's counter examples um the blake griffin trade comes comes to mind the clippers you know sent blake griffin in return got tobias harris and other assets uh, and they were able to flip those assets and whatnot um to bigger and better things and that was fantastic but blake's situation was a little bit different uh, a little bit of injury prone had a large contract in front of him he obviously wasn't a top five nba player like james harden um so that's one of the times it worked but realistically these these packages don't work for teams, and for that reason, I don't blame the Rockets for not trading them. But here we are, uh, nine games into the season for the Houston Rockets, that is. They just got, you know, mollywopped by the Lakers two nights in a row, um, losing by double digits in both nights. And, you know, as good as Harden is, you know, obviously he came into the season kind of out of shape, um, looking more like Kendrick Perkins than he is James Harden, to be quite frank. Um, and he wants out, and it's interesting. Um, I know this is a Lakers podcast, but, you know, I'm a basketball fan first and foremost. Um, it's interesting his comments saying that, you know, he doesn't think the team is good, which it's weird because I feel like they're better than they were last season. And, I mean, Daryl Morey's not there anymore, and maybe that's part of it. And they don't kind of have, at least in the previous years, last year especially, they made the trade Clint Capella, you know, got Robert Covington, and then they kind of had that small ball identity, that micro ball. This team doesn't have that kind of identity. They haven't fully leaned into something. But when you just look at it from a pure talent standpoint, I mean, John Wall for Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook's the better overall player. But in terms of fit, um, I don't think it's that big of a loss, especially with Harden. Um, Maybe Wall's 85% of what Westbrook is, but it's a better fit. And I don't think that's a huge loss at all. Uh, Christian Wood was a fantastic pickup. I think that was one of the most underrated signings of free agency. You know, he had something that they haven't had in quite some time. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, obviously he's not the DeMarcus Cousins of old, but he's still an upgrade and gives him an actual center. I mean, last year their their only center was uh, Tyson Chandler, and uh, he's not playing much, and he's not playing fantastic, but that'll only pick up. I mean, Ben McLemore is a great shooter. Uh, they still got Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, uh, David Nwaba, former Laker. He's, you know, he's solid, and it's not a fantastic team. It's not a title-winning team, but last year's team wasn't a title-winning team either, and, you know, they were kind of carried by, you know, these efforts from James Harden, we've seen that in years past, you know, him dropping his 40, 50 point games. He's just checked out. He wants nothing to do with this team. Um, he wants to go play somewhere where he can contend. And, you know, where that is, I don't know. Maybe they do a 
Kyrie Irving for a James Harden swap since there's a reports that, you know, the Nets are not totally pleased with Kyrie Irving just kind of bouncing and not being in, you know, much contact. But we'll see. I, I don't see a package, you know, obviously Philly with Ben Simmons straight up. That's intriguing. I don't know if Philly does it at this point. You know, I, 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 I look at a team like Golden State. You know, but they would have to trade Wiseman. I don't think they're going to trade Wiseman for Harden. That's just not going to happen. But you could see like a Wiseman, Wiggins, and Picks trade. Um, maybe it takes a three-team deal. But um, this isn't Anthony Davis. This isn't where he can leave after the year. You know, he's kind of got some control, and it, it's a weird situation. You know, we see this player movement so much in the league, and it's not so much about team, you know, commitment more so than just looking out for themselves, which is fine. You know, I'm pro player all the way, but. It, it's it's it sucks it sucks you know Harden obviously he had some great runs was a game away from making the finals against the Warriors and then Chris Paul got hurt um it's been in the playoffs you know each of the last six to seven years uh, made the finals with the Thunder I mean he's got a great career he just hasn't been able to get over that postseason hump and it's obviously not going to happen here and I'm not too certain it's going to really happen anywhere he goes realistically maybe the Celtics that's another team but then you're looking at like a Jalen Brown um see I don't even Jalen Brown Mark is smart like that's just not a good package and even Celtics fans might not want that because you know Harden's not that accountable he's not that accountable in the playoffs you know he doesn't always show up and there's you know off the court concerns and whatnot and um you know he's just it, it sucks it sucks to see because we get these matchups and I previewed him in the last Lake Show Life podcast um you know warning there's no guest on this episode uh you know, I, I did promise a guest, or at least promised I would try to get a guest. I did try uh, with the nature of the games and the layout and whatnot. It was hard to kind of get someone that could, uh, you know, talk about the games and whatnot. But with the next episode coming out on Sunday, I believe the Lakers play the Warriors on Monday. So that'll be a little bit easier to get someone to help preview the week. Um, you know, maybe even talk someone from Pelican's side of things, review, recap a game. But probably going to get someone from the Warriors side of things to talk about it. And then, you know, we'll be able to do the same thing the following Wednesday when they play the Bucks. Uh, those are two, you know, high-profile matchups. Anyways, you know, the Lakers, I previewed those games. Thought they were going to be close. You know, I took Lakers minus 2.5 the first game, and then I swore that I would take Houston plus 5.5 the second game, and the line was plus 5.5. I thought Houston was going to win. I thought it was going to be a split. That wasn't what happened. You know, it was blowouts both games. Um, you know, and these matchups aren't as exciting, you know, when you get a James Harden who's obviously not trying and really is just trying to stay healthy, uh, scoring, what, 16 points, I believe, yeah, 16 points, four straight games under 20 points. That's the first time he's done that in his career in like five, six years. It's remarkable. Um, you know, and it's fun to watch. You know, LeBron was doing his thing. He had that no-look corner three, 26-8-5. AD, you know, only 19, but 19-10. and 10, You know, he was, you know, going when he was going. Um, Marcus Hall ironically finished with only five points. I believe he had five points in the first, like, six minutes. Um, the role players stepped up. Schroeder, KCP, Harrell all had 14. I mean, it was a good game to watch, but... I it just it, it was a lot. The final score made it look a lot closer than it really was. You know, Rockets outscored the Lakers by nine in the final frame. Um, this game was over after the first quarter, thirty-five fourteen. No fans. Um, well, at least not you know the normal fans. Uh, just the Rockets could afford to kind of check out, especially when their superstar is already checked out. So it sucks. I'm not a big fan of this because of basketball. You know, for basketball purposes, you know, I just it, it would be nice to see. At least, you know, I'm all for players wanting to force their way other places. That's how the Lakers got AD after all. But I, I just don't like the whole Harden openly talking about how his team sucks and, you know, openly not trying and not caring, you know, 
just because what Daryl Morey's gone. Like, you know, it wasn't working. It hasn't, they haven't gotten to that final step in Houston kind of because, you know, Harden's partly to blame. Like they've definitely tried, you know, they brought in Dwight, they brought in Chris Paul, they brought in Russell Westbrook. They got John Wall. They could have traded Russ Westbrook for future assets and just punted on it. But no, they traded him for, you know, obviously they weren't going to get great future assets, but they traded him for someone who could contribute right now. And John Wall in a terrible contract, one terrible contract for another. So they're doing these things to, you know, signing Christian Wood and DeMarcus Cousins. They're doing these things to kind of build a team around James Harden, you know, with the intent of him trying and scoring 36 points, not 16 in a game like this. But, you know, I mean, it's not the Lakers' problem. And, you know, hopefully Harden gets himself, you know, figured out. Obviously, if he goes to the Nets, that might be a huge challenge in the NBA Finals. Um, any team, really, you know, if he goes to a top-tier team or maybe he goes to some terrible team and it just ends up being the same thing. Um but I thought it was ironic that these comments came after this game, especially, you know, after the playoffs last year where the Lakers kind of killed micro ball and led to the Westbrook wanting out. And, you know, Lakers are kind of killing the Rockets right now, and it sucks to see. Um, but it is what it is, man. It also sucks. Real quick, I wanted to go on a little personal tangent before we hop into these these game previews. Uh, it sucks betting on football. I want to warn everyone, do not bet on the NFL playoffs because uh, you were bound to lose your money. Probably not. Most people probably win money in the playoffs. I mean, it's a, it's a money losing business for the consumer and a money winning business for the casinos and the bookies and whatnot. But um, if you follow me on Twitter or if you don't at each check it out. Uh, <laughs> um, don't follow my betting picks. Don't listen to my picks that I do on my other personal podcast within the lines. Um, I just, I, I suck. I, I, lost you know more money no i don't bet a lot you know for anyone familiar i do you you know units um i don't want to say my unit size you know or whatever but i i lost like five units over the weekend after building it up in the playoffs or in the nba excuse me and it just sucks and i'm looking at this slate of nfl games and i'm i'm not confident and i know i'm just gonna bet them again and it's unfortunate so I guess, you know, if you could really help me out, you know, send me some money. Just kidding. Don't do that. But uh, do leave us a five-star review on the Lake Show Life, you know, podcast feed on Apple Podcasts. Any questions, comments, concerns you have, um, you know, maybe concerns if you're worried about my gambling. Uh, those reviews help us out a lot, quite frankly, you know, to be completely transparent. And it's a way for us to connect. You know, I'm going to read all the reviews on the podcast, answer any questions, anything really. So it's a great way to connect. Um, one good thing over the weekend, again, a little bit of a personal tangent is... I found something life-changing. So strolling in the, the grocery store, Stater Brothers, for any of my Southern California listeners out there that are familiar with Stater Brothers. Strolling down, I need some creamer. I usually just get some French vanilla, keep it simple. Sometimes I switch it up. There's like this Dove dark chocolate and almond one. Um, sometimes I'll get peppermint mocha. You know, I'm a big coffee drinker. Um, just got a Keurig. I was a traditional coffee pot guy. I was, I was splurging and spending like $8 on like 10 of these uh, Hawaiian mocha macadamia nut K cups and they're delicious by the way um so i wanted to get you know a different creamer i wasn't gonna get french vanilla i was gonna try something new strolling down the aisle get to the creamer section i look over to my left brand new coffee mate m&m creamer this is not a sponsor and if anyone from coffee mate is listening um i would love for you to be a sponsor because you know i would love to be sponsored by a company that's so delicious but m&m creamer i'm a huge m&m guy probably my favorite candy um, just the mixture of the, you know, the milk chocolate. And then I kind of like the, the taste of the, the shell, you know, you get that taste when you take like an Advil, I think it is one of the, the medicines. Um, it's just delicious. And the creamer spot on tastes just like it, not super strong, but it tastes just like it. And that mixed with the, the mocha macadamia nut. I mean, 
if anyone's got a Keurig out there and they got $12 burning a hole in their pocket, go buy those K-Cups, go buy that creamer, pop it in there, brew a cup, pause this podcast right now. Well, after I explain, you're going to pop it in, you're going to get your coffee, you're going to get your creamer, you're going to get ready. So you're going to pause this, you're going to do all that, you're going to come back, listen to the rest of the podcast with that drink in your hand, sipping on it. It's going to be a great experience. And maybe, you know, moving forward, we'll all do that together uh, every podcast. Um, not doing that right now though, cause it's 10 30 at night and that would be a terror to drink coffee this late. Yeah. So Lakers nine and three on the season going into a back to back against the Oklahoma city thunder on Wednesday nights. And then they take on the new Orleans Pelicans on Friday. Uh, thunder is on the road and then the Pelicans are at the Staples center. Uh, so this is a road back to back, which, you know, is kind of tough. You know, they're traveling from Houston They've been in Houston for three, four days, uh, traveling to OKC. You got to play tomorrow. Obviously, your number one superstar, LeBron James, he's 37 years old. AD, you know, stubbed his toe. Um, X-rays came back on that negative. I don't think it's a big deal, but he's going to be listed as questionable. Wes Matthews, you know, had some um, issues with his Achilles. I believe it was just uh, swelling or bruising. Um, nothing serious, but he might not even play. Who knows? He'll definitely be listed as questionable at the very least. Um, so it's, you know, and it's a bad OKC team who is better than I think people give him credit for. Um, really big fan of SGA. I think Al Horford's going to play better and he has played better and they're probably going to flip him for more assets. Um, they're not a bad team in the slightest. Uh, so I, would be careful if I'm the Lakers, I really would. Um, but you know, the, when it comes down to it, they are the more talented team. They are the deeper team and they have the star power. I mean, the Thunder don't really have any stars unless you consider SGA a star, which, spoiler, I don't yet, even though he kind of is. So it's just playing Laker basketball, not making too many mistakes, kind of get in, get out, get the W. Um, we've seen games like this in the past where they lose. You know, they lost to the Spurs at home when they really shouldn't have, but the Spurs also could not miss a shot in that game. So it's either going to take the Thunder not being, you know, able to miss a shot or the Lakers not showing up. Um, and I, I just... It's always a possibility that the Lakers don't show up. Uh, it's basketball. It's an 82, or should I say 72-game season. You're going to have a handful of those games here and there. But, you know, historically, they're pretty good with OKC. Um, and, you know, the number one concern is just staying healthy. That's kind of all regular season, staying healthy, limiting the workload, limiting the miles, getting to the playoffs, and then really ramping it up. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the story of this game. I don't think there's, like, necessarily this, you know, X's and O's kind of breakdown that the Lakers need to capitalize on. This isn't a a more marquee matchup like against the Rockets or even against the Pelicans or even, you know, the Warriors or the Bucks. This is just a game where they are the better team and they just have to play their brand of basketball. That being said, I got to hop into the purple and gold players for anyone not familiar. Purple is a role player on OKC or whoever their opponent is that the Lakers need to limit, need to stop in order to be successful. Gold is a role player on the Lakers that I personally think is going to succeed in this game. Uh, the purple player, I said, I don't consider him a star, even though he probably deserves to be, uh, usually we rule out star players, but I'm going to include them anyways. That's SGA, Shai Gilgius Alexander. I'm terrible with names. Any longtime listener knows this. Um, man, is he fun to watch. You know, when the Clippers, they traded him for Paul George, and they had to. You know, he wasn't going to – he had to be part of that deal. And he had to be part of that deal because he was good right away. He came into the league, you know, on a, a bad Clippers – not a bad Clippers team, but a overperforming Clippers team that wasn't expected to make the playoffs and kind of was – you know, they had talented guys. They weren't terrible, obviously. Um, but he they were at a situation where they could give him valuable minutes alongside more talented players. This wasn't a Knicks situation or a Cavs situation where they're putting Colin Sexton, you know, previous years or uh, R.J. Barrett, you know, last year around mediocre guys and isn't really playing meaningful basketball. This was different. He got meaningful basketball. He looked really good his rookie year. You know, he averaged uh, 
10 3 and 2 or 10 3 and 3 really 1.2 steals per game as well um showed all the signs shot well enough 36% from deep goes to OKC gets a little bit more of a you know a role he's averaging you know nine more minutes a game his second season shooting metrics go down a little bit at least his three point shooting but he's attempting more shots his scoring average goes all the way up to 19 he's averaging 19 6 and 3 um gets to play alongside Chris Paul you know great veteran point guard a great leader we're seeing that with the Suns this season and that even you know that's going to have long term implications on SGA's game um, and then this third season, he's taken another step up. You know, he's averaging around the same minutes per game. He's averaging one minute less, 21 points, six and 6.8 assists. You know, he's operating the offense more with Chris Paul gone and Dennis Schroeder. Uh, five rebounds, uh, shooting 35% from three, 47.9% from the field. He's got a 543 effective field goal percentage. Um, he's good, and he's just dang fun to watch. Uh, he's 6'5". He's got length. Uh, he's got a great shot. And he's he's going to be an all-star. He is going to be an all-star in this league. I don't think he's going to be an all-star this year. Um, the West is just too stacked with, you know, guard talent. Um, but he's going to be an all-star within the next two to three years. Um, and he's someone the Thunder can, you know, reasonably build around. And he's someone that he's one of the reasons why I thought the Thunder would kind of overachieve. You know, I believe their over-under was super low, like 21.5. I took the over on my preseason picks. Uh, he He's too good. Al Horford's too good of a veteran. For them to be terrible again lakers are far more talented but this is a professional basketball team even with some of their young guys i mean george hill he's a professional uh, lou dort is kind of taking the internet by storm right now but even if you look at the thunder right now i mean they got seven guys averaging in double figures granted one of those is mike muscala um but i i don't you know they're not as bad as people think but at the end of the day just keep sga from having a huge game you know unless the Thunder shoot 90% from the field like the Spurs seemingly did. Uh, keep SGA from having that huge game, going toe-to-toe with the Lakers, you know, trying to one-up LeBron. That's People don't talk about that enough. Every time the Lakers play, you know, there's young players kind of wanting to impress LeBron, and this is definitely the case here. Um, keep him from having that big game, and this should be, you know, relatively, you know, smooth sailing. As far as the gold player, that I think is going to do well against the Thunder. I'm going to go with KCP, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. So we have SGA, KCP, the acronyms. Um, the Thunder ranked third in opponent three-pointers attempted per game and first in opponent three-point percentage. I, part of that is who they have played, but they do have good perimeter defense. You know, like I said, SGA is lengthy. Uh, you know, he's a good closeout defender and whatnot. Uh, I think KCP is going to flip that. I think the focus is going to be on LeBron James taking the ball up court. They might focus on Schroeder, other guys. I think KCP is just kind of going to kind of slip along, um, slip behind the defense, you know, catch and shoot threes. I don't think he's going to have a massive game. Uh, he's going to do his thing. We saw him do it in the playoffs, hit some big shots and big moments and some big runs. I said big a lot right there. And, you know, I think he's going to finish with three to four threes. He might only have 10 to 15 points, but those threes are going to be on runs. They're going to be in key moments. Um, like I said, in the playoffs, I believe there was one game against Miami Heat where he hit like two threes r- really early on or really early on in a run that helped kind of kickstart the Lakers. Um, it, that's going to be the case here. I think the Lakers are going to play the Thunder close to start the game and then maybe early second quarter. They're going to start their first run. It's going to be kick-started by some KCP buckets. Um, and then we look back on it, it's going to be like, oh, KCP started that run. And, you know, so he's the gold player. Again, not a huge game, not a 20-point outing for a role player, but, you know, big shots when they're needed most. Um, as far as New Orleans Pelicans, since that game is on Friday, we're not releasing another episode till Sunday. The focus on that game really has to be, it's kind of in my purple player. And as a noted Lonzo Ball fan, some people might roll their eyes that I'm including him as my purple player. And I'm saying he's the key to beating the Pelicans since he hasn't been fantastic. But 
really, I think, you know, limiting him is the key to beating New Orleans. Um, you already know what you're going to get out of B.I. and Zion. And I think, obviously, the Lakers can limit both of them. They can limit Brandon Ingram. They can limit Zion Williamson. Um, they know what they're going to get out of them. They know what to expect. They're, you know, they're going to score a combined 50, uh, you know, 45 to 50. And, you know, B.I. is going to hit some shots. He's going to run some point forward. Zion's going to have some putbacks and some rebounds, you know, second chance points, some points in transition. Um, it's going to happen. You know, trying to focus on necessarily stopping that isn't the way to go. I think, you know, getting Lonzo Ball flustered, you know, sticking Caruso on him. I, I'm a little worried about Dennis Schroeder's defense against him. Again, noted Lonzo Ball stands, so I might be overrating him a little bit. But sticking Caruso on him, kind of playing that hard physical defense that we saw Patrick Beverly play against him his rookie season. Granted, it's his first game, and he's put on a lot of muscle and, you know, whatnot. And he's got NBA experience, so he's not going to be as flustered as he was that game. But kind of just, you know, keeping him from getting this offense into a rhythm. Because when Lonzo is playing well... He is, you know, the floor general. He gets this offense in a rhythm. He's really good in transition. And he's a three-point, you know, he's a three-point threat. He hasn't been fantastic this season in shooting the three-point ball, but he's had games where his stroke looked really well and he was making his shots. Um, ironically, not as good as his brother, LaMelo. He's only shooting 30% from three, Lonzo is. But he's taken threes more often this year than any other year in his career. And, you know, just, just keeping him around his average, keep him from having a great game. And really, as long as everyone plays on the Lakers, again, it's just a, a the fact that they have more star power, they have more overall talent, and that's the difference. Now, if Lonzo can get going and he gets the offense going and they start running, you know, efficient basketball and they're cutting to the basket and getting open looks, and that's when shots start getting made, you know, made at an extreme clip like the Spurs were the other night. And that's where I could see, you know, a game like the Spurs where their just offense is so efficient, the Lakers can't keep up. You know, they find themselves in a rut and they're just kind of digging out of that rut the whole rest of the way. Uh, the Lakers really good against the Pelicans last year when they saw them. Obviously, you know, LeBron familiar with his old team, with his old teammates. Uh, Anthony Davis familiar with his old team, even though it's a little bit different from when he came. Steven Adams is a new dynamic as well. Uh, the Pelicans didn't really have that traditional center last year. And, you know, Adams is fantastic for the pick and roll and just rebounding defensive, offensive, all that. Um, but stopping Lonzo, again, kind of a Lonzo stand. He kind of needs to start proving it. Unfortunately, um, I'm a firm believer in at some point you kind of are who you are in this league. And I'm going to give him one more year, year five, to kind of take that next step. But if he doesn't take that next step, he might just be a, a Ricky Rubio level player with potential of taking, you know, being an all star and whatnot and just never being quite that. And Ricky Rubio is a solid player. Don't get me wrong. Um, but Lonzo just has so much potential and it would just suck to see his potential kind of go by the wayside because, you know, he's poor shot, poor free throw shooter, 49% career free throw shooter. That's really bad. Um, he's got great vision and great passing. It's just he he hasn't, you know, turned it into the full product. And it sucks seeing how well LaMelo Ball is playing. It doesn't suck to see LaMelo playing well. But LaMelo's already playing better than his brother, which is remarkable. Um, and he's showing kind of what, you know, the, the best version of Lonzo can be if Lonzo just hits his dang shots. But I don't know. LaMelo seems to be a better rebounder as well for his size considering. Dang, LaMelo's 6'8". I actually didn't know that. It's crazy just seeing him after he was, you know, watching him on Ball in the Family at like 14 years old. Um, so stopping Lonzo Ball, I think that's the key against the Pelicans. That's why he's my purple player. As as far as my gold player, I'm going to reluctantly go with Kyle Kuzma. Uh, not a huge Kuzma fan. Don't really understand the Kuzma love. Oh, he's going to be this third star. Oh, he's going to blossom out this and that again same thing with Lonzo and people could say the same thing to me about Lonzo that they don't get it 
you kind of are who you are in, at, you know, in the league at some point. And I feel like Kuzma, again, like Lonzo, is kind of reaching that point. I feel like Kuzma's a little closer to that point, if not has already reached it because he is older. Um, he is 25. You know, Lonzo's only 23, I believe. Uh, he's, you know, a playmaking forward who's supposed to be a, a decent playmaker and a good shooter who just isn't a good player maker. He's shooting better this season, so that's a really, really welcome sign. Um, but his effective field goal percentage is still not fantastic. He's taken minor strides in that department as well as his three-point shooting. You know, it's a big stride, but it's also inflated by that really good game against the Timberwolves. But he he's just not f- efficient effective, offensively, and he's a terrible defender. I don't care what anyone says. You know, he has the athleticism to kind of stay in front of guys here and there. He is not a good defensive player. Um, any, you know, wing that's better than him just torches him. Um, you know, we saw, I always think about this game, even though it was a game that didn't matter, but I always think about the, one of the first scrimmages in the Orlando bubble against the Dallas Mavericks and Luca just had his way with Kuzma. And again, game that didn't count in a brand new situation with no fans that they hadn't really been used to at that point. Um, but it's just anyone that's, you know, when he comes up against Paul George, Kawhi, Luca, like I said, I mean, they're never going to put him on Giannis, but goodness, you know, when Giannis gets switched on him, that's going to be terrible. Um, just these playmaking forwards, um, they're just going to torch him. You know, I just I can only imagine how good Jason Tatum would do with Kyle Kuzma defending him. Um, so, you know, I'm not a big Kuzma guy, not a big Kuzma fan. But that being said, I do think he's going to have a big game in this one. He's due for his biweekly slash monthly big game where he hits some shots early on. He scores like 20, 25 points. Uh, it feels like that always comes against the Thunder, ironically, but this time it's going to come against the Pelicans. Um, I'm a big narrative guy and, you know, I got a dumb brain and I believe narratives. I think the narrative, he's playing his old teammates. He's going to want to ball out against his old teammates. The guys he kind of came up with on the Lakers. Oh, sorry. I just punched my mic. Like I was Mike Tyson, (laughs) Mike Tyson. Um, (laughs) I, I just, I see Kuzma having a big game in this one and big for his standards. Like I said, 20 points, good shooting, maybe, you know, four or six from three, but you know, that's, I just I can already vision it, and then you know that's again he has to do it every month or every two weeks. That way the Laker fans buy back in, and you know those that believe in him are like see what he could do at his best, and you know not talk about his terrible defense or the fact that you know it's rather inconsistent. Um, he's due for it. He's due for a big game, and I think he's going to have a big game in this one. Uh, as far as betting, obviously the odds are not out yet for the New Orleans Pelicans Los Angeles Lakers game, so I cannot bet on that. I can bet on the OKC Lakers game, even though the over-under is not yet released. But I, I'm going to set you know a precedent that I'm going to go by. I write an article for all the betting picks and whatnot and all the podcast episodes. So that will go up uh, today, Wednesday. Um, and you'll, be, you'll see whatever I pick you know, over-under. But I'm going to establish now what I'm going to pick based on what the number is. Um, on the year, not great. 10 and 10. I mean, it's not losing. Like I said, I'm not a great gambler. But, you know, if everything's minus 110 odds... I'd be down a unit or down one unit. I, I don't know. Again, dumb brain. Uh, 10 and 10. I went one and one in the first Houston game. I picked Lakers minus two and a half. That hit. I took the over 225 and a half. The final score was a total of 222. I took 222 and a half. Yeah. And the final score was 222. <laughs> so obviously missed that by half a point and then went 0 and 2 in the second game. Again, thought it was going to be close. Took Rockets plus five and a half and took the over again. And the Rockets just didn't show up to play. And if the Rockets would have covered, if it would have been a 117-113 game, um, something along those lines, uh, not only would the Rockets have covered, the over would have hit, assuming the Lakers scored the same amount of points. So, 
The Rockets not showing up. James Harden not caring kind of screwed me over in that department. Good to see the Lakers win in such easy fashion, though, so I'm not going to complain too much. 10-10 on the year. Got to avoid going negative. Going negative is terrible, and I'm scared that if I go negative, I will never dig out of that hole. Uh, Got to go on a run here. Um, against OKC Thunder, according to the Action Network, using BetMGM's odds on the Action Network. That's always what we're going to use, you know, unless stated otherwise. Lakers are opening as 9.5-point favorites. Again, no point total has been established. Um, this is a high line, rightfully so. Thunder have more, you know, not as much talent. Lakers have more star players, the full nine yards. Um, how I see this game going, I've kind of talked about it a little bit. You know, KCP starting to run. Then Lakers come out and they coast in this game. They go on that run. They get that lead in the early second quarter, late first quarter. And then they kind of just take it easy, you know. They take a a 10 to 15 point lead and it kind of bobs anywhere between 8 and 15 points. They're kind of just, you know, not really running any dedicated sets. Um, not really, you know, they, I hate to say this, but, you know, you could tell when they're not in full, full effort. It's going to be one of those games kind of doing their thing. Um, getting some ex- some guys some extra looks that maybe otherwise wouldn't. Kind of just, you know, coasting with the lead, um, you know, and then late in the game, take the starters out, you know, 15-point lead, six minutes left in the game, whatever the case may be. Um, take them out, rest LeBron, rest AD if he plays, you know, let, you know, Schroeder and Harrell and whatnot just kind of cook and score, um, you know, and I think resting these starters and putting in, you know, maybe even some other guys like Jared Dudley and all those guys. The Lakers are going to rest the starters, you know, late in the game because it's the second leg of back-to-back, because they're going to be coasting the whole way through. And that is going to allow the Thunder to backdoor cover in the loss. So I have the Lakers winning a relatively easy, kind of just bore. I don't want to say boring, but kind of like a forgettable game in which the Thunder backdoor cover at the end of the game when it doesn't really matter against you know the Lakers' second unit. Um, that being said, my final score prediction, Lakers 108, Thunder 102. Um, it's going to be a low-scoring one. The Thunder are not a high-scoring team. The Lakers, you know, do not allow very many points. And again, when they're not really, you know, fully, fully, you know, you know, balls to the wall, for lack of a better term, like they are in the playoffs, you know, 108 is a reasonable number for sure. Um, so it's low-scoring, 210, taking Thunder plus 9.5. And, and then as far as the, the point total, the over-under, I will take anything under 215 or greater. So if it's 215, 215.5, 216, anything greater than that, I will take the under. If it's under 215.5, I think I'm going to take the over. Actually, no. I'm just going to commit to the final score. I'm going to commit to the final score. Unless the total, which might be a terrible idea, unless the total is 209.5 or lower, I'm just going to take the under because it's going to be a low-scoring game. They're only going to score 210 points. That's their cap. So anything that's 210 or above, I'm taking the under. Um, the line's probably not going to open at 209 and a half. And if it does, I'm taking the over. They're going to, they're going to cover by half a point. Um, so that's my betting picks. It's going to be interesting to see how the Lakers play a team like the Thunder. We've kind of already seen them play mediocre teams, but you know, it's always a, it's fun matchup, different matchup. I should say, uh, I'm sick of seeing the Grizzlies and the the Spurs and it seems like all the same kind of caliber teams just clumped together. That kind of Midwest, you know, central of the United States kind of teams, you know, small market that honestly no one cares about the thunder kind of included this year um and then they come home for some exciting games like i said against the pelicans uh i'll get those betting picks up on the website you know the day of the game friday morning i'll be sure to do that uh warriors next monday that's exciting you're gonna have an episode on sunday previewing that matchup 
with a guest, uh, most likely going to try to get the fan site. It's site expert of Blue Man Hoop, uh, the Warriors fan site. And then we have the Bucks on Thursday, Lakers on the road. Again, going to try to get a Bucks guy in here or gal. Talk about that matchup. Talk about the Bucks season thus far. All that fun stuff. Um, got the Bulls on Saturday. I guess we'll talk about that a little bit, but I mean, it's the Bulls. Come on now. Um, then we have the Cavs next Monday on the 25th. That's two Mondays from now. So we'll, that episode will go up on Sunday. We'll talk about that game. We might have to tweak the schedule a little bit because we have the 76ers on the 27th, which is a Wednesday. I do want to – oh, no, perfect. Episodes go out on Wednesday. It'll be Wednesday morning. Perfect. Um, so that episode will be fun because we'll be talking about the Sixers and whatnot. Then we have game against the Celtics later in the month. And that's all assuming we get to that point in the, you know, because if the season even makes it that long or the Lakers are even playing any of those games because of all the COVID protocols and – you know, rosters not being big enough to play. And, um, you know, I was concerned about how the league would handle this season. You know, they did fantastic in the bubble, but doing a full season bubble just wasn't applicable. It wasn't, you know, sensible. And I was worried. So, and uh, these worries are kind of coming to fruition because a lot of games are getting canceled. And that's why they were smart and only booking the first half of the season so they could kind of have dates to push back on. But I just hope, you know, obviously for the health of the players that, you know, this thing kind of gets under control. And for the sake of the fans, for the people involved in the sport, for the people that have jobs because of the sport, um, you know, I just hope it keeps going in a safe and healthy manner that not only is, you know, safe for the players, but that they are okay with and that we can kind of figure this out to kind of keep the competitive integrity of the regular season as well. But this is a fun podcast. We don't have to talk about those real world things. We only talk about M&M creamer and uh, Kiwana. That's what it is. Kiwana um, mocha macadamia nut coffee. So, um, again, try that. If you listen to this whole podcast and you did not have the coffee in hand, I'm a little ashamed. Asked you to pause it. Asked you to go get it. It's okay if you didn't. I understand. You know, it's kind of hard to get up and go to the store in the middle of listening to a podcast. I want you to get it before the start of the next podcast. Leave me a review. How it is? I'm serious. It doesn't have to be a Lakers review. Leave a review on the Lake Show Life podcast or tweet me at Eat Your Eaties. E A T Y O U R R E E D I E S. That's a play on Eat Your Wheaties. Um, tweet me what you think about it. I think it's a great combination. It's delicious. And I feel like a lot of America is missing out on it. If you can't find M&M creamer, I'm sorry. My Stater brothers only had like two in stock. I went and bought another one today. Um, try it. If you can't get the M&M creamer, at least get the coffee. It's delicious. Um, I was about to say, if you don't love it, you get your money back, but obviously I can't promise that. <laughs> um, go get it. Go try it. Let me know in the comments how it is by next episode. Hopefully, we could be listening to it, not listening to it. We could be enjoying it together as you listen to my uh, interesting Lakers <laughs> analysis. In the meantime, everyone, as you know, go Lakers. Yeah. I, I be